Hello, and welcome to today's episode of the Business Creators Radio Show, the show where we help you win at the game of business and marketing. If you are an entrepreneur or small business owner or local business owner, a marketing or business coach, someone who helps others build their businesses, somebody who helps others succeed at the game of marketing, or a do-it-yourselfer who just loves to have your own hands on the levers and manage your own websites and manage your own marketing, this show is for you. If you are one or more of the above, please take a moment and explore our episodes and discover how our experts can help you win a business at www.businesscreatorsradioshow.com. I'm your host, Adam Homey, and I'm especially excited about today's episode, which is titled, The Best Internet Marketing Advice You Will Ever Get. I know, big title, big promise, and big results. So just to tell you a little bit of what we're going to cover today, one of the most untapped resources for owning your products and services is the method of affiliate marketing. And affiliate marketing is something about which people have a lot of questions, but we seem to fall a little bit short of answers, and hopefully we're going to work our way through a lot of that today. Having others promote you for just a small fee sounds pretty easy, but I personally know so many people who've launched affiliate programs and then really struggled with it. The thing is, it is easy if you do it properly. On the flip side, promoting others in affiliate can prove to be quite lucrative. But it's not necessarily an overnight success. We're not talking about silver bullets. We're talking about building a sustainable business where others allow you to use their marketing channels to spread your message. And I'm especially honored today to have as our guest the world's leading joint venture broker and Internet marketing expert, Willie Crawford. Willie, how are you doing today? I am doing excellent. Absolutely excellent. Thank you. Absolutely. We are so excited to have you here on our show today. We're looking forward to some of your top tips for recruiting and motivating affiliates, as well as some of those proven tools and techniques for successful affiliate marketing. And as I say on so many episodes, not only am I the host, but I'm a student. So I'll be right there along with our listeners, notepad and pen out, taking notes, learning things. I believe we always have something to learn from each other, and what we're about here at Business Creators Radio Show is creating connections and helping people win at the game of business and marketing. So before we dive in, what I'd like to do is just sort of in your own words, let's take a quick step back and give our listeners a chance to get to know you a bit. I mean, I've read your bio statement here, and it is quite impressive. But what I really want to get to the bottom of is just a little bit about your background and what brought you to where you are today, helping entrepreneurs master the art of affiliate marketing. Sure. Uh, I, I uh, grew up on a tobacco farm in North Carolina, so I guess you could say I'm a okay. country boy. Uh, right. I had pretty good grades in school, and so I was pushed towards college, and I worked my way through college, went to North Carolina State University, where I also enrolled in ROTC while there, and so I was commissioned a second lieutenant in the U.S. Air Force, uh, the same guy I graduated from college back in 1982. And um, I, I spent 20-plus years in the Air Force. I didn't plan on spending that much time in the Air Force, but there, there were not, not a lot of jobs available when I first graduated, so I thought I would try it out for a couple of years. And 20 years and 47 different countries and, I don't know, five or six different languages later, uh, I retired from the Air Force. Um, right. But I started my internet marketing business in 1996, which was six and a half years before I retired from the Air Force, and I started out selling affiliate products in the very early days when they everybody mailed checks to you, and it was sort of clunky, and then I eventually went into creating my own products. In 2002, I had a friend reach out to me and invite me to speak at his internet marketing seminar, which was the first one I'd ever attended, and um, there I discovered a whole new world uh, in that 
before it was me against the world when I was trying to sell my products online, and I just viewed everybody in right. competition. The seminar and all these other speakers and all the attendees were wanting to network with me and do joint ventures with me, and they were sharing all their secrets with me. And I thought, well, this is pretty neat. I'm not by myself anymore. And so I started attending a lot more live events. Actually, uh, four months after attending my first event, I hosted that event. So I was pretty uh uh, popped up, I guess you could say, and uh, I did one yeah. in 2000, April 2003 and another in April 2004, and I actually started the speaking careers of a lot of well-known uh, internet marketers today, and uh, in 2004, I had enough connections where an individual reached out to me and asked me if I could help him with the product launch he was doing, and I said, well, I, I know a few people I could introduce you to them. I ended up introducing him to enough people where he made like $60,000 worth of sales in about two weeks of a $47 ebook, and he paid me a commission on that. And I thought, well, I like doing this, just connecting people and helping to launch products. And so at that point, I declared myself a joint venture broker, and that's largely what I spend most of my time doing today is just helping others to orchestrate product launches because I've seen so many launches. I've seen so many mistakes that people make, and, and I've also – train affiliate marketers because I've been doing that for 17 years now, too, so I know what works and I know what others are doing, and so I just I just share the, the knowledge. Exactly. And, Willie, first of all, before we go any further, I want to thank you so much for your service to our country. Every time I speak with a veteran, I really – it's very important to me to make a point of thanking you because you've done a great thing for your country, and I just want to honor that for all of our listeners. Thank you. I, I actually remember about seven wars or conflicts other than wars, but I also spent four glorious years living in Hawaii. So uh, it wasn't really nice. that difficult. Yeah. Nice. Uh, I bet you that didn't suck too much. Uh, no, I, I enjoyed Hawaii. I also spent <laughs> three years in Alaska, and uh, that was very enjoyable. Nice, nice. Well, here on the Business Creators Radio Show, we provide the tools, the techniques, and the strategies to help entrepreneurs quickly grow their businesses. Now, a lot of our listeners tell me that they can pretty much implement anything that we share on the Business Creators Radio Show. They can follow any lead from any of our guest experts, except there are just two things in the way, in one way or another, time and money. Now, do you see this as an issue for those who want to engage and work with affiliates to grow their business? Uh, you know, a lot of people start businesses online because they think that it requires very little investment of either time or money, but you do have to invest at least one or the other. You know, uh, you can right. leverage other people's time or money, though, and uh, one way of doing that is, is through affiliates. You let the affiliates invest their time in and their money in promoting your products, so you're sort of borrowing uh, OPM or OPT. And uh, you just pay them a percentage uh, on the sales they make, so it's not really costing you anything out of pocket. That's really the only way I know to get around that problem. Otherwise, you either invest time or money. Um, I would say to someone who, who's you know short on time and money to focus on um, finding and courting those who already have the attention of your ideal customer. So you, you notice who's a thought leader in your industry and you reach out to them and if you can eventually become friends with them or get them to like you enough, they will um, go out of their way to promote you and your products or services. It sounds to me like what you're saying is that affiliate marketing is the potential answer for anybody who's short on both time and marketing. And I think what I like about that is that if you can form an alliance 
or some sort of joint venture or some sort of relationship with somebody who has the list and has the reach with the market you're looking to tap, that that's a great way to get into it. So in exchange for providing great value, you get the opportunity to be placed in front of somebody else's audience that's already in your target market. Do I have that about right? Absolutely, and, and it's probably one of the least risky ways of, of launching a business or growing a business too because you don't pay for any. Any, don't pay any money out until they produce results for you. So it's ideal for many people. Exactly. And what I like about that is the idea that you have affiliates essentially working for you as your commission salespeople is another way if you want to look at this. So let's dive in here, but let's start from the opposite side. And what I and before I usually get into any topic, I like to sort of define my terms a little bit. And one of the ways I like to define the terms is let's start with some reasons why entrepreneurs and business owners perhaps should not consider having affiliates promote their products and services. Is there a reason why you might not want affiliates or you may be in a position where you're not prepared or equipped to have affiliates? Yes, I can think of several. One is from a legal liability standpoint. You are, in many ways, technically liable for anything your, your affiliates do in, in promoting you or your product. And, and I don't, I'm not a lawyer, so I'm not quoting right. legal things, but Technically, they are supposed to sign an affiliate agreement that says they know what they're doing, that they're not um, employees, they're just uh, independent contractors or whatever, but you are technically legally responsible for things that they do in promoting you or your product. So you don't want that headache, you might not want affiliates. Um, affiliates can also do things to harm your brand. You know, um, when I read affiliate agreements, which uh, many people have out there, they'll say things like, no negative pay-per-click ads, you know, ads where you use the words like scam or whatever, which tarnishes your brand. And so affiliates can harm your brand uh, and right. spam, and, and that spamming could get your entire domain blocked by Internet service providers or, or blacklisted. So that's a problem. You know, the, the overly um, eager affiliates who go out and just promote really, really hard and just blast email after email uh, can very easily get your, your domain blacklisted. And that comes back to training, though. You should train your affiliates to not use the affiliate link that references your domain. Have them use a redirect or something so that even if they they get uh, spam complaints, it's not going to impact your, your business. And um, at times it's actually easier to just go out and purchase pay-per-click traffic on your own. Uh, you can buy clicks on places like Facebook for as little as a penny each. And, of course, everybody knows Google AdWords. So if you um, can, can work out ads that work and drive them to a page that converts, uh, once you get that down, a lot of times you're better off just generating traffic on your own. And I have friends who make millions each year from traffic they generate without affiliates. Some have affiliates, but they generate more traffic on their own uh, just from the search engines. And so affiliates are uh, a blessing and a curse at the same time. Exactly, exactly. And, and you bring up some pretty good points here. And this is why sometimes we hear on the market that people are saying, well, I was an affiliate for this person. And then the moment their promotion was over, they came after me and they said, you have to take down all the promotions before I pay you. Now, a lot of affiliate programs will have that stipulation, and I personally think there's nothing wrong with it because, I mean, if somebody really wanted to make a case, they could make some sort of false advertising case if you still had promotions for an affiliate uh, thing like an event or a product that was no longer available. So I can see 
people doing that. It's just some of the things you really need to pay attention to since you are essentially giving people license to promote your stuff. Another thing that I really want to draw for our listeners, and this is something that I tell my own clients all the time, is when you have affiliates working for you, have them work for you under a different domain than your main website and the one you use to send out emails to your own list because you do not want to pay for somebody else's sins. If somebody else sins, make sure their sin doesn't touch you. So that's another thing you have to really bear in mind when it comes to affiliate marketing. So I would say that you know, before you dive into this whole affiliate marketing, make sure you have some of your bases covered so that you miss some of these obvious things that can get you banged. Now, I right. really never quite thought of some of the things you mentioned here. So you really, in addition to things I already knew, you brought up a few things that really hadn't quite hit my radar screen yet. So this is all great food for thought. Now, way too often, I see people who, let's say, they'll have a website up and they'll have some products and services available, and then they'll say to folks, look, I have a link on my website. Just click on it and register, and you can be an affiliate. Now, Willie, you tell me. Uh, I think you and I both know this, but just please explain this for our listeners. I think that falls a little bit short of truly having an affiliate program. I think there's a big difference between simply being able to register and get your affiliate link to promote stuff and actually having an affiliate program. So when we talk about a true affiliate program, what do we mean? Well, to me, it actually means that you actively market your affiliate program, that while as a product owner you do have to have a funnel in place that converts for your affiliates, a big part of your marketing, probably a, the bigger part of your marketing is actually marketing to affiliates and then letting them market to their customers or, or their, their followers. So uh, things that I would do to actually have a true affiliate program is listed as many affiliate programs as possible, as many affiliate program directories as possible. And then I would actively go after leading affiliates in, in your space, leading thought leaders um, and, and just super affiliates. So it, it's not just putting a link on, on your site and hoping people will stumble across it and sign up. It's actively building that affiliate force because otherwise it, it's going right. to go very, very slowly. Exactly, exactly. Now, uh, let's go back. To, uh, let's just, um, you know, let's look at something else here for a minute. Now, Sometimes I go to people's websites, and it'll sometimes be like in the main navigation, like the main navigation bar goes right across the top of the page, or sometimes it's a very prominent link at the bottom of the web page that says, you know, click here to earn cash, click here to join my affiliate program. Now, are there cases where the link should not be so publicly available? Yes, I, I I've been trained and I teach that a, a web page should have one primary purpose. And so if that, the purpose of that page is to make sales, then there shouldn't be any leak. There shouldn't be anything that distracts that customer from focusing on the product and then buying the product. I don't think it's fair to affiliates to have links on your main sales page um, if they're prominent that points out to that uh, potential customer, well, you could become an affiliate and make money, and, and many of those uh, do what I call take an instant discount because they'll register as an affiliate and then buy to their own affiliate link. So uh, right. I, don't, I don't think that's fair to the affiliate who's spending money to send you traffic. At, at the same time, many super affiliates, and these are just affiliates with large lists or a lot of influence, won't promote a product if there's a link to the affiliate page or if the page is structured so that it's primarily designed to capture the, the lead. Uh, they, they don't want you harvesting your list, for example, which is a different topic, but many super right. won't send traffic to that page either, so you have to give them a page with no pop-up, no out-inbox, no link to the affiliate program. Um, again, 
These affiliates are spending money or their time and their effort driving traffic to your offer and saving you from having to do that. So you need to think of them as your partners and you need to protect them uh, as much as possible. That, that's, that's my take on the whole thing. Yeah, I think you're I think you're making some very good points here. And I have heard the one several times, and you see this particularly with ClickBank affiliates, where one of the rules they'll say is, I will not promote any page. I will not promote any sales letter. I will not promote any website where there's a link that says become an affiliate because if I'm taking my list and I'm sending them to your web page with the idea that they're supposed to buy from you and I'm supposed to get a commission off of that, I don't want them poaching my list and I don't want them going and either signing up as an affiliate and buying it themselves or then perhaps saying, hey, it's one of their buddies. And this is something I see happen a lot. They'll go to a friend of theirs or they'll go to a colleague of theirs and they'll say, hey, I really want to buy this course. So uh, how about you sign up as an affiliate and I'll buy through you and then you get a commission off that and you know, we'll split it. I've seen those deals happen all the time and that would be a really good reason why you may not want to have an affiliate link right on, or, or link to sign up for your affiliate program so prominent on your web page. Now, right. really, another, how many times? Oh, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say another thing is many affiliate program operators they they treat their affiliates as true partners, and so many post in their affiliate agreement that they will not pay commissions on purchases that you make through your own link. Uh, I also right. see many affiliate program operators who are very selective because they know that, as I pointed out earlier, affiliates can spam and can tarnish your brand. So many, like on ClickBank, for example, they have a program where uh, not anyone can sign up, but you have to be whitelisted or whatever it's called first. And so you have to apply, right. and, and the uh, product owner has to approve you as an affiliate on ClickBank, where most people think you can just go to ClickBank and grab a link. Some uh, affiliate program owners choose not to do that. They, they realize that only the top, you know, Ten or five or ten percent are going to produce anyway, so why not take care of those people and treat them like true partners? Right. I see this with a lot of clients of mine who have affiliate programs, but they really do have a few affiliates who emerge as super affiliates, and they, of course, get the bulk of the attention. And one of my clients in particular, he does approve all affiliates before they're allowed to promote for him, and he puts certain stipulations on it. For instance, you have to send solo emails promoting his stuff every year and then send him copies of the email to prove you did it. You have to promote his stuff through your social media X amount of times per year and send screenshots to prove you did it. And, if, uh, and once a year, he audits the program, and those who have not produced this evidence find themselves uh, find their links deactivated. And uh, the way he says that is, you know, that's only fair because he has two or three people who are really bending over backwards to get business in, and he wants to put his energy and his focus towards those folks because he's, his team will bend over backwards for affiliates, but they're not going to do it for just anybody. And that makes total sense. I've actually personally promoted products where the product owner told me he was only going to have like 10 to 20 affiliates total, and that he, he didn't want us competing with others in the marketplace. So he said, if you promise me you'll actually promote for me, I'll just make you one of the only 10 or 20, and, and I'll bend over backwards for you. And so we produce for him, you know? Right, exactly. Now, so many times I hear that the best affiliate you can have is someone who has already purchased your products or used your services. And to a degree, I tend to think that's a true statement. Now, what some of our listeners would like a clear answer to is, when is the best time to approach your customer and ask them to spread the word to share the wealth? 
Should it happen right after they make the purchase? Should there be some sort of process between the purchase and the invitation to join the affiliate program? How would you suggest they do that? I think it actually depends on, on the niche. For example, if they're in the, the make money online or Internet marketing niche, uh, they understand affiliate marketing. And so for those people, I often will have a, a sign-up link right on my download page saying you can make money by telling others about my product. But for many right. products, like one of my first products was a cookbook, um, I, have, uh, I, I would recommend let the customer consume the product first and letting them actually get to know the product, and then you follow up with them with maybe an email and your autoresponder sequence. Um, encourage them seven to ten days later to, to join your affiliate program and share a product which they've had time to get to know and to like. Uh, I, I do that sometimes in the product itself. So if I sell an ebook, uh, maybe the last page in the ebook or somewhere near the end of the ebook, I'll say something about my affiliate program and give them a link to register because. I know that they've gone through the product, they are feeling good about the product, and that's the ideal time to invite them to share the product and, and make money from it. So, uh, again, I, I'm big on uh, writing out a sequence of autoresponder messages for my customers, and one of those messages encourages them to consume the product because they don't consume it, they're not going to enjoy it, they're not going to get value from it. And another one of those messages is typically inviting them to become an affiliate, again, seven to ten days later is where I generally drop it in. Exactly, exactly. Now, I know a number of people who offer affiliate programs. This is changing the topic a little bit, but this is something that sure. I know a few folks, when they heard that you were going to be on Business Creators Radio Show, wanted me to get from you. I know a number of people who offer affiliate programs for their products and their courses, things that are available, for instance, download, or DVDs can be placed in the mail, or some sort of product or some sort of course or something online, but they don't offer affiliate commissions on their services, such as their consulting, or I see web development firms that also sell courses. They'll offer commissions on the courses, but they're not going to offer commissions on their web design services. Now, the argument could be made that it's difficult to offer a commission on services rendered by human beings without endangering the profit margin. So, in other words, if they're paying out this affiliate commission, in addition to all the costs to render the service, they end up with a very narrow profit margin, which makes it you know, maybe challenging to even continue to render the service. Or they might find themselves in a situation where in order to pay an affiliate commission that's sufficient, to make it worth it, you know, an affiliate's time, they have to boost the price of that service so high that the services don't even sell in the first place. Uh, am I on the right track with this? True or false? Or uh, what are we missing here? Yeah, I would say false. Actually, I, I look at it from a lot, a lot of different perspectives. One is I see the affiliate commissions as just an advertising expense. You're, you're paying. It's like uh, multi-level marketing, for example, which is a different topic. But basically, you're paying a distributor in multi-level marketing to spread the word rather than creating a big advertising campaign. So I see affiliate marketing as the same thing. Instead of you spending money on advertising, you're paying affiliates commission. So most affiliates who are selling information, digitally delivered products, uh, they realize that the product owner has a very uh, low overhead and, and very high profit margin. So they, re they expect 50, 75%, whatever, even 100% on the front end sometimes. But people who are selling services realize that because the amount of personal uh, involvement that the commissions are typically lower, and they can live with that. Uh, they understand that. I, I, I sell products that are priced as high as $15,000, which are co coaching programs, and I don't right. expect a commission on that, you know. Uh, so I think that most affiliates understand the, 
you know, what your profit margin probably is and what you can afford to, to pay. At the same time, I sell higher-end products. I, I offer a $50,000 coaching program, for example, aimed at small business owners. Um, and I, I offer some of those more expensive products because in those cases, I'm positioning myself for the higher end of the market. Um, we, we're all taught that you get what you pay for. We're taught that if you have no other way to judge the quality of a product, then you, you base it on price. And so people often will or, or, or will buy the product based on it being a higher price, based on them wanting the best of the best. And so I don't have a problem with raising my prices on certain things and then offering – then you have a higher profit margin so you can afford to offer higher commissions. So, it, it, you know, those products don't have – you're not going to make 10,000 sales of those products, but you don't want to make 10,000 sales of something that involves a lot of your personal time. So why not right. raise your price? You know, that's what I do anyway. That's a very interesting way of thinking about it. So if you really are going for the elite or the cream of the crop for a certain type of product or a certain type of services, it might actually be worth it to raise your rates for that. And then working through a trusted affiliate, you're kind of getting the endorsement from that affiliate because they're recommending you. So in that case, you kind of cancel out the whole issue of, well, if I raise the price too high, then I'll never be able to sell it. But if I don't raise the price, I won't be able to afford a commission. So it sounds to me like that's, kind of an escape from the merry-go-round that people get stuck on with that. Is that a fair statement? Yes. You're sort of doing a break-even analysis. You're asking, if I raise my price, you know, how many fewer customers am I going to get? And what often you're better off with fewer customers paying you higher prices anyway because then you have less customer service issues, uh, less refunds. People that pay higher prices typically – uh, I've discovered, uh, are, are less likely to refund. They're, they're less likely to complain. They are less likely to expect a lot more from the product. If you get someone that buys a $7 e-book, they expect the world. You get somebody that pays you $20,000 for um, coaching. Right. A lot of times they'll apologize when they call you for, for, you know, for what they pay for. Exactly, exactly. Now, for affiliates who are promoting our services, how do we educate them and help them send the right prospects? I mean, again, we're talking about big-ticket items here, and if we're encouraging somebody to give us maybe $20,000 or $50,000, we want to do some due diligence up front because that is a horrible amount of money to have to give back if you take the money and then you find out 30 days later they're a bad fit. So what happens if you have people who are referring your services and they keep sending bad fit referrals or what, and I've I've seen this happen too, so maybe this is two questions in one. I've seen happen to folks where they'll have a referral partner who's sending these referrals and then they will pressure the service provider to accept referrals that they know they can't serve and they know we're not going to be a good fit for the business, and they say, well, if you don't take my referral, I, I don't really care what you think. Remember that uh, you know, you're the provider and they're the customer. They'll use the line like that, and they'll say, well, if you don't take this referral and you don't do business with them, I'll cut off the gravy train. I'll tell nobody to work with you ever again. How do you manage these types of things? And I know that what I just gave you is an extreme example. So I think the bigger question is, is how do you, you know, educate your referrers for service referrals and help them send you more of the right prospects you want to work with in the first place so that they get more referrals and commissions and you get more customers and everybody's happy? Well, the way I avoid getting bad uh, clients in the first place is that I have a fairly extensive um, survey or application that I require them to fill out. They have to download this thing, 
as a Word document and fill it out, applying to become my client. And I explained that I don't want to work with you if you're going to zap all my energy and require more time and, and aren't a uh, self-starter. And so I make my clients right. qualify themselves. Uh, that's how I avoid getting bad clients in the first place. With um, the affiliates, you have to educate them on your process and you have to explain to them why you only want a certain kind of client and treat them like true partners. Explain to them that, uh, you know, you, you, you don't, if they send you a bunch of bad clients, all you're going to do is end up with refunds anyway. And uh, that hurts you and it hurts them if they get the refund and if you get a refund and then you have to take the money back from them. So you only want them to send clients over that are actually going to pay off for them in the long run. And, um, you also you need to train your affiliates in, in any way. You need to treat them like true partners, and that means a lot of communications with them to, to me. And so my top affiliates, I frequently call on the phone. I frequently send gifts through the mail. I, I just stay in touch with them. And so they feel like they're true partners. Uh, they know that I won't uh, cheat them or, you know, backdoor them, go around them after they refer someone. I use, for example, lifetime cookies so that uh, if they refer someone to me and that person buys five years later, they're still going to get the commission that they earned on that rather than uh, you mentioned ClickBank. I think ClickBank has a 60-day cookie. And uh, so if the customer buys after 60 days, the affiliate doesn't get paid on that. Um, I, I, let, I make them feel like true partners, and then I explain to them, what I'm looking for in a client and um, how they make more money in the, in the long run by sending all that type of client to me. And, if, and I'm very selective in my affiliates for most of my products anyway. So, And you, you need to be, especially for your services, because it involves your personal time. So just screen your affiliates closer. I think there's an undercurrent with a lot of your comments and a lot of your recommendations here, Willie, and I think it's all about thinking bigger. So you're thinking about yeah. bigger clients, you're thinking about bigger relationships, you're thinking about bigger referrals. And originally when I asked these questions, I was thinking in terms of the, uh, like say the graphic design firm or the web design firm that's offering services at $300 a piece or $500 a piece. And by the time they pay a 10 or 15% affiliate commission on that, there goes most of their margin. And I see a lot of cases where service providers at that level and sometimes social media managers as well find themselves in situations where this, this is something that's happened to two friends of mine actually, where they will get in good with somebody who has a mastermind group. And the leader of that mastermind group will be teaching people, yeah, use your social media. Then the people in the mastermind turn around and say, well, who can do this for me? And then they'll give the person's name. So next thing you know, this social media manager, this web designer, this graphic designer has this influx of clients all from the same referrer. And what happens, what I've seen happen with a couple people anyway, is let's say they get three referrals from that mastermind leader. Two of the referrals are great. So they sign on the bottom line, they get the new client, the commissions get exchanged, clients get served, everybody's happy. But the third person they refer is just an absolute Lulu who they wouldn't touch with a 10-foot pole. So, it could, so they get pressured, sometimes directly, sometimes subtly, that, well, if you don't take my third person, how is that going to look when the first two people are saying, oh, yeah, I'm working with so-and-so and it's doing great, and the third person sitting there all solid with their arms folded saying, well, they wouldn't work with me. Yeah, I, I put that on my sales page that I'm fairly selective in who I work with just because I've worked with people who 
didn't have the, the business background or didn't have the, the, the money. And I'm a big fan of, of Dan Kennedy, who teaches – one of his books is called Marketing to the Affluent. <laughs> so, uh, yes, I read that. Take my thinking. And while I mentioned I grew up on a farm, I was very poor on the farm. I lived on welfare, a government subsistence, most of my youth. And so I appreciate not everybody has a lot of money, but there are people who can afford to pay your fees and who – We'll hire you because you have higher fees. Uh, there's people who are often yeah. turned down uh, for jobs because their fees are too low, and, and the potential client says, well, if you're charging that little, what's wrong with your product? So I mark mine up, and they think, well, if you charge that much, uh, you have the audacity to charge that much, and your product must be really good. <laughs> so I just use the reverse psychology. Um, that's all I handle anyway. And, and again, um I, I let my clients know not everybody's a fit for me. Uh, I, I don't. Yeah. I'm not obligated to work with anyone, uh, and most service providers should not be obligated to work with anyone. And I'm one of those people that believes in, in firing a, a client that's not a, a match for you. But it's better to pre-screen them first and not get in that situation in the first place. Yeah, sometimes they pass the screening, but then they fail when it actually comes time to do the work. And that's why I make the point that, yeah, you take on the client, they turn out to be a bad fit, and then you have to hand money back, and then you have to claw money back from your affiliates. I mean, I, I right. know this happened a couple times in my business where, boy, during the screening process, I'm thinking, wow, this is an absolutely amazing client. I can't wait to work with them. Then we get 15, 20 days into it, and I'm ready to rip my hair out. And I recognize, oh, well, this is actually a bad set. And yeah, it can happen to anybody, no matter how good you screen. Yeah, as a service provider or a coach or whatever, you put in the, the um, application or in the agreement that uh, either party has the right to terminate the, the relationship at any time, and that covers right. everything. Sorry, it looks like we're not a good fit. And, but then you do have to refund the money and, pull commissions back from affiliates too, but that's why you train your affiliate on what you expect in a client. Right, right, right. And I think it has a lot to do with relationships and education and making sure that you have the right market position, both in terms of who you're attracting and how you're attracting them and what your price position is. Because I think that the argument can be made, uh, yeah, raise your rates. That may mean you get a little bit less volume, but you're going to have a lot more fun and get a lot more success with the folks who are able and willing to pay that rate. Not only that, but you're going to have the you're going to have the space that uh, you're going to have the space available so that they can, um, you know, in terms of both your bandwidth and your revenue, so that you can really do a better job. You don't have to rush through their job. You can really take your time with it. And if you have the opportunity to do a little something extra, you have some room in the budget, and you're also not feeling resentful because you're not having your profits sucked away by something that was underbid. Now, what I'd like Absolutely. to do here is dive into an yeah. What I'd like to dive, do here is dive into another area of affiliate marketing, and this is something else that uh, some of our listeners have mentioned to me. I think it's a pretty major issue with a lot of affiliate programs, particularly those that had the earn cash link on their website, and a lot of people came in and signed up. So let's say you have 250 affiliates in your system, whether you're using one shopping cart or Infusionsoft or any of the other affiliate software. So you pull up your list of affiliates, and there's 250 of them. But then when you look at who you're actually paying out to and who's actually racking up commissions, who's sending out emails, who's getting the clicks, who's getting the orders, only six of them, or just use the number six, are actually producing. 
Plus, okay. you have five more affiliates that used to be big producers, but they've kind of gone quiet on you. They're not really promoting you anymore. They're not really sending you business anymore. So the real question is how can you re-energize previous affiliates or get those folks who signed up for the program so they had your affiliate link, but they never really promoted you to start doing so now? Uh, that's, that's an interesting question, and it's one that a lot of uh, affiliate program operators get frustrated over. And yet we all know the 80-20 rule. We know that uh, you get 80% of your results from 20% of uh, efforts, and so you should focus on those 20% of efforts. And it's the same in affiliate marketing, except it's probably more like 95-5. You get 95% of your sales from the top 5% of your, your affiliates. And I have friends who have affiliate programs with thousands of affiliates, and these numbers right. have held up for them. I mean, most of their sales come from like the top 5% of affiliates. And so you eventually conclude that you're better off focusing on that top 5%. Um, the ones who are producing, you stay in contact with, you you know, you know, uh, reach out to them on Facebook via phone. Via, I, I use direct mail. I'll send my top affiliates gifts, for example. I'll send them, you know, right. something for their birthday or for Christmas or whatever. And, and so you, you solidify those relationships and, and encourage those people to keep producing. Now, that second group of people you mentioned, the ones who were sending you sales, but have sort of uh, stopped promoting or, or focused on something else, those people I also reach out to. Um, I, I use, for example, I, I use a system called Send Out Cards, which is a uh, an MLM, but they let you send greeting cards using the computer, and then they may print them out and send them through the mail. But they also let you send gifts, and so I log into my account. I pick a book that I liked or some gift, often just something like brownies, and I'll send that to them through the mail. Cost me about ten bucks or whatever, maybe twenty bucks if I send a big box or something, and and I'll include a card that says, you know, uh, I, I appreciate what you've done for me in the past, and I wonder what we can do to uh, get you promoting us again. It's straightforward. Uh, you know, we have we, we worked well in the past, and I noticed that you're not promoting. So how can I get you back promoting? Can I create something? special for you, a special promotion or a special landing page, or maybe I can offer you a higher commission than the standard, but how do I get you back active? Uh, so I, I reach out to those affiliates. But the majority of affiliates, uh, the 90% the that will maybe stick a link on their blog but will never actively promote the product, uh, often the problem there is, in, in many issues, they've, uh, they've overcommitted. They've signed up for too many different affiliate programs. And um, so you, you're not going to get most of them to promote. At the same time, they're struggling with looking for a product that actually converts. And so if you can, if I were to reach out to them, it would be with maybe testimonials from other affiliates who are having great results uh, promoting that product. So maybe I, I'd reach out to my top affiliates and say, um, I need your help. Can, can I get a, a written or an audio or a video testimonial saying how well you're doing with my product? Uh, and then I send right. that to affiliates. So I'm, I'm marketing to my affiliates. I'm saying, look, other people are doing great with this program, so why don't you focus on a proven program rather than other things you're looking at? That, that, I, would, I would try that, but I wouldn't put too much energy into it just because uh, some people sign up and promote 30 different products, and you can't possibly do that, you know? 
I see, I see what you mean. So, again, we have the 80-20 rule. And what you're saying, if I understand you correctly, just let me paraphrase here, is that uh, in many cases you do have those people who sign up just to get a link. You may put it up on their blog or they may, you know, they may have signed up just in case anybody ever says, hey, uh, you know that Willie Crawford? And they say, yeah, I know Willie Crawford. Uh, he's a good guy. And, uh, and if you click on this link right now, you can you know, get whatever your affiliate offer it is. Uh, through, through that link or something along those lines, or they can use the link to sweeten it from the bonus side or something along those lines. So they kind of right. keep it reserved just in case. And I think that, you know, there's room for that. Because even I have a you know, relate, you know, affiliate relationship with a couple of folks where it's in some cases not even really appropriate for me to regularly promote them to my list because what they do is just not something that my list is accustomed to seeing. But I do from time to time run into folks for, for whom that's a perfect fit. So I'll immediately put that in front of them, and I will earn commissions that way. Yeah, I, I do the same thing. Uh, it, it's uh, affiliates are looking for products that convert, and when and when energizing affiliates, it's basically showing them that they'd make more money promoting your product than they would alternatives. You have to acknowledge that you, your product's not the only one that they're looking at, and so you have to right. sell them on promoting your product, basically, and. Um, that, that's all that's really involved is just making them like you and then selling them on promoting your product. Right. I think that, I think that's very important to think about here. I mean, this is really fantastic stuff, Willie. Now, I was hoping you could fill in another question for me here, and this is big. How do you get okay. big names with big lists to take a chance and promote you, especially when you're in a situation where your list and your reach isn't near what theirs is? We heard you say earlier in the hour here that affiliate marketing and having affiliates work for you is a great way to grow your business faster, especially when you're first starting out. You don't have a whole lot of time and you don't have a whole lot of money. So you use affiliates to get in front of the audiences that you need to tap in exchange for giving them a piece of the action in terms of their affiliate commission, their referral fee, whatever it is. But I find a lot of big names are really picky about who they promote. And some of these big names turn around and say, well, I can't really promote you because your list isn't big enough yet. So we get into sort of an ox in the horse cart situation where they may say something along the lines. I mean, I've even heard them come out and say, well, you're not quite as far as long as, along as me yet, so there's really nothing you can do for me, so why should I promote you? So when you're in a situation where you can't exactly reciprocate their generosity tit for tat immediately, how do you get through to these affiliates and convince them to help you out? Um, yeah, I've, I've seen that over and over and over again, and one of the neatest things I've seen done is I've had a, a smaller player uh, basically get me invested in his product. So he was creating a product on, affi on affiliate marketing, and he included an interview of me in his product. So he, he said, with no obligation, I will promote you in, in the product. And then he comes back and says, by the way, if you want to help spread the word, um, you know, you can become an affiliate. There's sort of a, a, a disconnect if I'm willing to become a part of the product and then not recommend the product. So that's one way to do it is to, to – somehow get them invested. Maybe offer uh, a bonus from one of the affiliates or something like that where you're basically putting that affiliate, that super affiliate, front and center in your product. That's one way I've used to do it. Um, with a lot of big list owners, it's not all about the money. It's they, they do care how much money they're going to end up making. They care about earnings per click and things like that. But right. they also know that there's a lot of products out there that are 
absolute garbage. And so they want to know that they're uh, strengthening the bond with their subscribers. They want to know that if they recommend a product or service to their subscribers, that it works and that their subscribers are going to stay on their list and the subscribers or followers are going to feel good about having learned about that product through them a year from now. So one thing you can do is show that super affiliate that your funnel converts. Um, uh, you, you need to send some test traffic to it before you reach out to any other affiliate, really, and 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 then uh, refine your process, uh, make minor adjustments to your sales page, and you ought to respond to messages and things like that, so that it actually converts. And and then you share with those affiliates conversion numbers. And uh, a caution there is uh, share the actual numbers, not make up numbers, because they know what typical conversion statistics are. And when I see have somebody reach out to me and go, this offer converts at some you know, uh, huge, huge number, I don't believe them. So uh, make your numbers believable. Uh, share the actual statistics with them. And I mentioned earlier testimonials from other affiliates. So if you can uh, show, send that super affiliate to a page where uh, recorded testimonials from other affiliates saying I promoted this via whatever, email or a webinar, and I got these results, then they think, well, if others did that, I can do that or better. And so they want to know they're not wasting their time, too. And so show them the testimonials. Um, point out that even though you're a smaller player, perhaps, than they are, and so you can't reciprocate based on list size, uh, that maybe you'll work harder in promoting them because they know the 80-20 rule, too. They know that most of their affiliates and then do very little. So tell them, if you promote my product, I'll 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 send out a dozen promotions for you over the next few months or whatever. Show them that you understand how things operate. Uh, and again, I'm, I'm a big friend, a big fan of sending people gifts <laughs> through the mail. So mm -hmm. I'll send them birthday gifts. I'll congratulate them on the birth of a child. I, I follow what's happening in their lives, and, and I I struggle to actually be a friend for them. I, I ran a membership site. Uh, I still run a membership site where I interviewed about fifty leading super affiliates, and I asked them, you know, how, how do you get people to promote you? Who, who, how do you get, how do you choose who you promote, uh, especially you don't know most of these people? And they said, well, take the time to become my friend. That was the most common answer I got. It's like, take the time to get to know me and, and find out something about me and treat me like a person rather than just waiting until you're two days from a product launch and ask me to promote your product, which is not going to happen. And, and a lot of them said, I only promote my students and my clients. And so sometimes uh, uh, you do what a lot of uh, people call pay-to-play. So you become their client. You join their membership site or their coaching program or whatever with the, uh, with the purpose of uh, obligating them to an extent to promote your product. That's done all the time. Uh, you're, you're in their inner circle, and you can um, – put a little pressure on them at that point to help you to succeed because you've hired them to teach you, but you point out you still need a little help from them. And uh, many will, will do that. Many will do that. So those are things that I, I do and teach. I think that's brilliant, and it really puts a new perspective on things. I know a lot of folks uh, who don't have the huge list yet or they don't have the huge market exposure may in some cases feel intimidated around somebody who has a a bigger you know, a bigger 
market than them, and they may think, well, I'm just little old me. How am I really going to get them to listen to me? And one of the you know suggestions I give people all the time, and, and Willie, you and I both know this because we both do it or have done it, is start your own radio show or podcast because everybody loves to see their name in lights. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, yeah. They love to see their name in lights. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Right. I was, I was going to say, I will come out right, right out and say, part of the reason we do the Business Creators Radio Show is because I use this as a networking tool. And one of the best things that I can do right away to help somebody who I may have an interest in doing business with at some point or forming an alliance with of some sort is to let them use my marketing channel to show their brilliance. Yes. I used to use the expression, I'll make you famous. <laughs> and I'd be someone say, can I interview you on my radio show? Uh, with the hope that they would promote me too, or my product too. But uh, and that's actually one of the channels I use for promoting affiliate products, even as, as a radio show. So, yeah, giving them publicity, uh, acknowledging them. I do that on, on Facebook a lot too. For example, someone will post something, maybe an event they're doing. I'll share their event, uh, knowing that I'm building up uh, uh, blue stamps, you know, and the, the bigger theme of things bigger scheme of things. So uh, I, my, my friend, uh, Dr. Ron Capps, used to say on Twitter that retweets were the currency on Twitter, but on Facebook shares. And so why not share your followers' events if, if you appreciate what they're doing? And in the process, if that a follower is an affiliate marketer, you built some, some currency. Some, you created some obligation from them. So I do do that uh, deliberately. <laughs> Precisely, precisely. Now, I'd like to uh, – we have a little bit of extra time here, which is great. So I'd like to insert one other question real quickly, and this is something that somebody came to me with and wanted to know if I could ask you. So uh, let's okay. say that you make – let's say that somebody makes a decision they want to start some list building and start to get affiliates involved by creating a product. And I mean, make it like an instant download product, something that's relatively simple, something that will sell relatively simply. And since it's instant download, they can easily pay – 50% of that commission, maybe even 60% of that commission, depending on their margins and what they call profitability. Uh, so let's say somebody wanted to do something like that, and they were listening to all the teaching out there that shows you how easy it is to get that type of online product available quickly. Uh, what type right. of product should they create? Uh, what would really help them have something they can start showing affiliates as quickly as possible? What I typically do in an instance like that or what I teach my students to do is to interview the well, the leading experts in, in your niche. So it, it's fairly easy to get an expert on the phone, record an interview, have it transcribed, and now you've got an e-book transcript and you've got an audio that you can sell fairly inexpensively. I, I typically teach my students to create two products, actually, to create a, a small uh, lead generation type product where I teach them to give away 100% commission. I teach them that they're building a list of proven buyers, and then on the back end, they can go back to those proven buyers, and as an affiliate marketer, they can offer other people's products if they don't have a bigger product, but they want right. to build that list of buyers first. So give away all the money up front, uh, and then plan on making it back on the back end. Uh, again, interview products to me are the easiest things in the world to do. You just uh, invite some expert, and they say, why would I do that with you? You say, well, because I'm promoting you and the product. I'm sharing your expertise right. in the world, so why not? It's only costing you an hour or whatever. Right, exactly. And I'm sure a lot of them have heard that all before, but you will find the people at that level who will say, hey, anything that I can do to get my name out there and be first 
mind awareness, I will do it. And if it's only going to take me an hour, I'll make an hour knowing that uh, somebody else is going to promote me and I'm not going to have to do anything except sit back and wait for commissions or, or, or whatever. And I think that's really yeah. great. Now, in terms of a price point for this, what type of price point should people consider? Uh, what, like an interview product, I, I often want them to be like impulse buys where if the person can write a decent sales page, uh, then it, it's almost like it's very low risk. And so on a front-end product, maybe $17, something like that for an interview product. Okay. Um, because if the price is too low, then it's not going to be attractive to affiliate state bait. I, I like selling big ticket items myself, so uh, I don't right. you know, pay much attention to five to ten dollar items. But um, because I know that I can, it's as easy to sell a thousand dollar items as it is to sell a ten dollar item. I know what you're doing. Uh, but yeah, seventeen dollars seems to be a sweet spot in a lot of circles I'm in. Okay, yeah, and and I can imagine there'd be a lot of affiliates out there, especially if they have a large list, and they can attract a lot of people to a teleseminar. They show their list, uh, you know, they get a lot of people on that call, and they have a good follow up behind it, and they're you know they're getting half or even all of a seventeen dollar product. They may be right. they may find it in their interest to do that, especially if they know that their systems are strong and they're attracting the people. They could potentially make a good thousand, you know, a good couple thousand dollars for an hour or so of their work. Another thought is that you have many affiliate marketers who are struggling. I mean, they, they started an online business, became an affiliate marketer because they they needed money. They were behind on the car payment, the house payment, had kids getting ready for college. Those people need immediate cash flow. And so if you set up your affiliate program where you offer instant payments, they're not even waiting a couple of weeks to get their commissions, you'll get a lot more affiliates promoting you at times using that strategy too. I like that a lot, and I know that I participate in some programs, and I'm actually, now that you mentioned, I'm more likely to promote them because I know if I promote that and I make a sale, I'm going to have the money five minutes from now. Right, right. Yeah. I'm sorry, go ahead, Willie. Go ahead. I was going to say, typically when you see a product set up on one of those systems, something like a, a JB Zoo or whatever, uh, it's, it's usually a lower-priced product, but – um, but I've seen $1,000 products that operate in that system. The risk there as an affiliate program operator is if you pay your affiliate instantly and you need to screen them closer because you, you, you are at risk of fraud, you know, somebody in some country where it, it's just normal in the culture to not see anything wrong with ripping people off. And so they right. set up a computer on the street corner and just get people to sign up for the product and then, 20 minutes later refund after they've gotten their commissions, you know. Exactly. That happened to one of my clients once, and they switched to approving affiliates after that. And the scammer even went so far as to put up all these websites that made it look like they were a leading affiliate marketer, but then when he dug deeper, he found out they were just a scammer. I mean, what uh, what made it kind of obvious was this person was selling like two or three copies of their product a month, and they weren't even really actively promoting it. Then they wake up on Monday morning, and suddenly they sold seven of them. All right. the same affiliate. Right. I mean, I mean, the per- I mean, the person didn't even try and do it. You know, didn't even try and do it nice and easy. They just went for a, a blatant cash grab. Yeah, and you you mentioned you asked a question earlier in the interview about why you might not want affiliates. One of the reasons you might not want affiliates is that there are scammers out there who will sell your product and then, uh, you know. Uh, and encourage the customers to get refunds or do something else. So you do need to screen your affiliates, in my opinion. 
Yeah, very, very much agreed here. So, so uh, you know, real quick here, just, just two minutes. I know we're getting ready to wrap up here. I'd like to leave our listeners with a little easy-to-follow prescription for success. So if you could just tell us real quickly, one, two, three, what do you think are some of the, like, the three top takeaways our listeners should apply now to activate or reactivate, if that's the case, their affiliate marketing strategy? Sure. Uh, one is uh, don't be afraid to go for the big players in, in your niche. Uh, if you get the big players on board and, and you're – um, selling an affiliate product of your own, then all the others will follow that thought leader. They'll say, well, if he sees value in promoting that product, then it must be selling. It must be good. So it'll be easy to recruit affiliates. Two is uh, give your affiliates a wide variety of tools because some like, you know, just sending out videos or audio and not appearing to be selling, or some like inviting people to webinars, things like that. So give them a huge variety of tools. And uh, three, train your affiliates. Realize that most people who get into affiliate marketing aren't salespeople. They're just people looking to make some extra money, and so they don't know what they're doing. You need to teach them what's working for other affiliates and train them on how to market your product. These are three great tips. Uh, Willie Crawford, I want to thank you so much for being with us today, and we have just a couple minutes left here. I want to sort of give you the floor for just a moment. and Tell us uh, how you serve business creators and coaches and how folks can connect with you. Okay, I spend most of my time actually as a joint venture broker or an affiliate broker where I go out and recruit affiliates for someone who's launching a product, and uh, I get paid typically 10% of the gross sales of everybody I make whom I recruit, and sometimes I charge, often I charge a front fee in addition to that because many affiliate programs are two-tier where others get paid anyway. So potential clients can connect with me connect with me at willycrawford.com page. There's a link that um, mentions my other services, and they click on that link. It will tell them everything in the world that I do. And whether it's coaching, consulting, or help with the product launch, uh, they, they would see the link there and could apply basically to become a client if they wanted to. Uh, but I, I will say that right now I'm pretty close to that capacity. I have right. several clients launching products, and I don't like to overcommit because I like spending time playing with my grandkids and going out fishing and things like that too. So, uh, and I like to have time to actually devote to each client. And so, uh, I, I encourage people to apply to become my client, WillieCrawford.com. But at the same time, realize that I'm extremely picky for the reasons I've covered in this call. <laughs> Well, understandable because you believe so much in quality and you believe so much of doing an outstanding service for all of your clients and all of your services that you need to only be working with the best. So I would encourage everybody to, if you feel that working with Willie Crawford is something that could really grow your business, go out and check it out and make the decision that this may be for you. And if you feel that's the case, go ahead and fill out his application. Uh, Also remember for all of our listeners that all of our guest experts have profiles at businesscreatorsradioshow.com with links to their websites and any relevant social media. So anytime you want to reach out to them, you can certainly do that. Excellent. And, and, you know, it's it's all about just doing it, just going out and doing it, not being afraid to come up with an idea, realizing that it's a learning process, and then just jumping in there and doing it. Right, right, exactly. So, so again, Willie, uh, thank you so much for being with us today. It's my absolute pleasure. Thank you for inviting me, uh, Adam. I, I, uh, I enjoyed the show very much. You, you bet. And I, think, and I feel, as I said earlier, that I've learned a lot, too. You've actually answered some of my questions. So, for everybody listening, this is Adam Homey, host of Business Creators Radio Show. Please be sure to tune in every week for 
more leading guest experts who will help you win at the game of business and marketing. Until then, take care. Have a great day. See ya.